Let's go ahead and bow our heads before we get into the message this morning. Father in heaven, Lord, we just thank you so much for this day, Father. Uh, Lord, I thank you for my friends here at OIC, and uh, Lord, for their willingness to step out in faith, Lord, to come to this, uh, this conference, to know you more, Lord, to, to learn how to share hope with people. And Father, I pray that, uh, that the words that I share, Lord, won't be mine, but that they would be yours, and that many people, Lord, could be blessed and be motivated to serve you with all of their hearts. It's my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Title of my presentation this morning is The Good News Gospel, because the gospel is good news. Amen? Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 8. We're going to take a look at a story found in the gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 8. And if you're familiar with the story in Luke chapter 8, you'll remember that this is the same story where Jesus and his disciples got on the boat and they were sailing across the Sea of Galilee and the wind and the waves came, right? You guys remember the story? The wind and the waves came and Jesus was there and he fell asleep on the boat. The disciples started to freak out and they thought that they were going to capsize. But Jesus, they woke Jesus up and Jesus did what? He stood up and he said, peace, be still. And the wind and the waves were calmed. So if you can imagine the confidence that the disciples would have at this point, because they just witnessed Jesus calm the wind and the waves. No one had ever done it before, and no one's ever done it since. Amen? Amen. And so you, the story that we're going to take a look at takes, immediate, takes place immediately following this story. So if you can just imagine the confidence that they should be stepping off the boat, knowing that they are with the right guy. Amen? Amen. So let's pick it up in verse 26. It says, Then they sailed to the country of the Gadarenes, which is opposite of Galilee. And when he, that is Jesus, stepped out onto the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. And he wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. So immediately we see right here at the very beginning of this story, uh, as soon as the disciples and Jesus step off the boat, there's a problem, right? What's the problem? There's a demon-possessed man, right? <laughs> I don't know about you, but if we were to leave this you know, conference here today and, and go out, out into, into public and, and run into a demon-possessed person, that would be a problem, right? <laughs> and, uh, and so we see that there's a problem. Now, imagine here, Jesus uh, you know, and his disciples had just witnessed what had happened there uh, on the Sea of Galilee. So you'd think the disciples would be pretty confident right now, hey, you know, we're with the right guy. So when this demon-possessed man started to run at them, what do you think happened? They started to run. The Spirit of Prophecy says that they ran away. They ran away from uh, this man that was after them. But did Jesus run away? No. no, Jesus did not back down, and he did not run away. And, uh, and so we're pretty familiar with the story. You guys know Jesus. Uh, he, he, uh, this man comes to Jesus, and Jesus asks him, Hey, what's your name? And he says, Legion, because many demons had entered him, right? And so Jesus ends up casting the demons into the herd of swine, and they run off the cliff, Right? Okay, and let's, let's pick it up here. So we see that there's a problem, but to every problem, there's a solution. Amen? And uh, let's figure out what the solution was. Let's read verse 34 and 35. It says, When those who fed them saw what had happened, they fled and they told it in the city and in the country. Then they came out to see what had happened and came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. So here we see that this man, he takes his problem and he brings his problem to Jesus. Amen? 
That's the best thing to do whenever we have a problem. Let's take our problems to Jesus. Amen? And uh, so this man takes his problem to Jesus, and uh, Jesus is the solution. Uh, Jesus cast the demon out, we know that, and, and everyone in the city comes and they, they see this man sitting at the feet of Jesus, spending time with Jesus. Amen? By beholding, the Bible says, by beholding we become changed. And so this man, as he spent time with Jesus, he just fell more and more in love with Jesus and, uh, and wanted to spend so much time with him. And uh, we see that by sitting at Jesus' feet, we come into our right minds. Amen? Before many of us came to know or have a saving relationship with Jesus, we were not in our right minds, were we? <laughs> Some of us were out of our minds. Some of us, you know, had dreams to do things much differently than what we're doing now. For me, I had a dream I wanted to be the president of the United States. I thought that would be awesome. I, I thought it'd be really cool to go into politics, work my way up, go to, go to Washington and do all that thing. But you know what? God had other plans. Amen? Amen. His plans are always the best plans. And so um, by sitting at his feet, we come into our right minds. And what's the result of spending time with Jesus? You just want to go out there and you want to share. Let's, let's see what the result was of this man. Let's pick it up in Luke chapter 8, verse 36. It says, They also who had seen it told them by what means he who had been demon-possessed was healed. Then the whole region, the whole multitude of the surrounding region of the gatherings asked Jesus to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. And he got into the boat and returned. Now the man from whom the demons had departed begged Jesus that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your own house and tell what great things God has done for you. Can you imagine? This guy is so excited. He is so excited. He's been spending time with Jesus, sitting at Jesus' feet. And, uh, and Jesus is getting kicked out of the city here for what he just did. And, uh, and this man's like, whoa, well, Jesus was the one who, who cured me. And this has been so good, spending time at Jesus' feet. I want to go with Jesus wherever Jesus goes. He was willing to follow Jesus wherever. And uh, Jesus was about ready to hop on the boat, so he wanted to go with. And Jesus said, no, right? He said, no, you have a mission. You have a job. You have to go back and share the great things that I've done for you. And uh, we pick it up and, and we see. So we see that the results of, of spending time with Jesus is that we want to do evangelism. Amen? We want to go out there and we want to share the good news with others. Like Pastor Torres said last night, we do not well if we're not sharing. Amen? So uh, let's, let's continue on verse 39. It says, Return to your own house and tell what great things God has done for you. And he went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. And so it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. Amen? I love this story. It's so exciting. This man had a real, genuine experience with Christ. And he went and he was sharing that with people. And when Jesus came back the second time, there was a great multitude ready and waiting. Amen? I believe that could happen here today. Amen? Many people could come to know Christ as a result. And uh, it's exciting, exciting to see what God has done. I have a question for you guys this morning. It's a question from Publishing Ministry, page 349. It says, let every Seventh-day Adventist ask himself, what can I do to proclaim the third angel's message? Have you ever asked yourself that question? What can I do for God? What can I do? And uh, it says, Christ came to this world to give this message to his servant to give to the churches. It is to be proclaimed to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. This is a big mission, right? We've got to take the gospel, the everlasting gospel, to the entire world. And, um, and that's a huge mission. And, but you know what? God's going to help us. Amen? 
And uh, it continues on. It says, well, how are we to give it? How are we to do it? The distribution of literature is one means by which the message is to be proclaimed. Let every believer scatter broadcast tracts and leaflets and books containing the message for this time. So it says right there, literature is one means. It's not the only means that we can share our faith with people, but it's a very, very effective way of sharing our faith and a very quick way of doing it. Amen? Because you can't, uh, when you go to Walmart, you can't just sit down with the person that's the cashier right there and just do a Bible study, can you? It would be pretty hard. The, the person could get fired or you could end up having a line of 30 people behind you and that might not be good. <laughs> so, uh, so this is one really great way of reaching a lot of people. So I have a question for you. How many of you here are believers this morning? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, that gives me proof. If you raise your hand that you're a believer and, and if you raise your hand, that means that you have a hand and you can take a tract and you can put it into the hand of someone else. Amen. So uh, it's, it's just that easy. And that's why GLOW has come into existence. It's a, it's a program. It's a, the acronym stands for Giving Light to Our World, One Page at a Time. And uh, it's, it started about two years ago in Central California Conference, and it's spreading like wildfire. Amen? Uh, over 11 conferences now are involved with this program. I just moved up here to Washington um, to start this program. And, uh, and two of my friends, uh, one's in Upper Columbia Conference and another one in Idaho. So it's spreading uh, like crazy up here in the Northwest, too. And uh, so it's pretty exciting to see how God's been blessing. The purpose of GLOW is to provide every willing-hearted church member with the tools and training necessary to become a literature evangelist. Now, when, when you think of the word literature evangelist, uh, most of you probably think of someone doing this. Knocking on doors, right? Selling books. And uh, that is literature evangelism. Amen? That is literature evangelism. Cole Portering. We're actually going to be doing a summer Magabook program this summer in Seattle, Washington, which is pretty exciting. Uh, the first time that they've done it in, in a quite a few years. And, uh, but that is not all that literature evangelism entails. Literature evangelism is so much more than just knocking on doors during the summertime. Literature evangelism is uh, taking literature wherever you go and distributing it. Amen? Literature evangelism by lifestyle. God doesn't just ask us to be evangelists during a certain portion of the year. Amen? Amen? But he wants us to be evangelists wherever we go. Amen? Amen? So our mission is to put Bible-based literature into every hand that will receive it. And I have good news for you guys this morning. There's a lot of hands out there that are going to receive it. Amen? Amen? Uh, Spirit of Prophecy says in Review and Herald, June 10, 1880, paragraph 9, it says, Carry with you wherever you go a package of select tracts, which you can hand out as you have opportunity, and important results will follow. Amen? Amen? So we're trying to follow the counsel here of, from the Spirit of Prophecy, so we carry a package of select tracks. A good, it's good to have a variety because you come across people that have a variety of different needs. They're going through different circumstances, different, they're all in different places in life, so it's good to have a variety there. And I like the end of this quote. It says, important results will follow. Amen? The results are in God's hands. This is God's work, God's message, and he's going to help take it and make it effective. Amen? It will not come back to him void like the scriptures say. And so on the back of each one of these tracks, people have the opportunity to sign up for Bible studies. Amen? It's pretty exciting. People can go online. They can call us. They can write us. Handwritten letters. Sometimes we get that. It's surprising. And, uh, and so it's, it's pretty amazing to see how it's worked. If people... Um, people sign up for Bible studies online. What we do is we forward that to the local church, and, uh, or if they want correspondent Bible studies, we forward it to Amazing Facts so they can get the corresponding Bible studies. 
Literature is powerful. Amen? Amen? If I were to go across this room and ask you, has literature made a difference in your life? I'm sure many of you could say yes. Most of you, all of you, could probably say yes to some capacity. It's changed your life. Maybe someone gave you a book. Maybe someone gave you a flyer to an evangelistic series. Or maybe that happened to your parents, and that's why you're here today. And uh, so literature is powerful. It can be used for good, and it can also be used for evil. Um, we look at, at the Bible. We see in 2 Kings chapter 22 and 23. We don't have time to go there this morning, but that can be your homework assignment. It's a, it's a really exciting story. Um, during this time, uh, in 2 Kings 22 and 23, Israel is in apostasy. They have turned away from God, and uh, in fact, they're not following what's written in the law at all. In fact, they didn't even know where it was. And uh, Hilkiah the priest, he found the book of the law, and he shared it with King Josiah. you remember him? The young king, the king who was only eight years old when he first started. And, uh, and, and, and uh, amazing things happened. Josiah restored true worship to Israel. Amen. He ends up reading the book of the law in, in front of the entire nation of Israel, and they all repent. Amen? I believe a similar situation could happen here if people were to, were to understand that, uh, that God still cares for them. If we were to give them something to let them know, hey, that God is there for them, he wants to transform their lives, people will change. People will realize that, that God is a God of love. As we look at history, we can see how literature has been used for evil. We see what happened during World War II with Hitler and uh, the propaganda that he uh, spread all across his country, influencing millions of people to believe the same way that he did. And so that was used, that's one example of how it's been used in a negative way. We also see when we go to the grocery stores and, uh, or when we go to Walmart, what do you see in the checkout aisles? Trash, right? You see poisonous literature. You see literature that's not going to help you get closer to Christ, but literature that's going to bring you down farther and farther. And so we as Christians have a duty uh, to get out truth-filled literature, amen? To share our faith with people. It doesn't have to be glow tracks. It can be any kind of literature. We just need to get the word out, amen? And believe it or not, golden opportunities occur daily where we can hand out tracks to people. God has divine appointments out there for us every single day. And oftentimes our eyes are closed and we don't realize these things, so we must ask God to open our eyes so that we can see these amazing opportunities that he has for us. So here's a few ways that you can glow, you can give light to our world. Uh, the first and most practical thing is through intentional sharing, taking tracks with you wherever you go. When you go to the grocery store or when you go to auto shops, the mall, wherever you go, you can glow. Amen? You can give light to our world. And uh, you know, when I first started to get involved with the GLOW program uh, about two years ago, I, was, uh, I, I took some tracks with me and I was hungry one day. So I went to Winco, me, my friend and I, and uh, all we needed to get was some avocados. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> needed to get some avocados so we can make some sandwiches. And, uh, and so my friend went to go grab the avocados. I went to go stand out in the checkout line. And uh, so here I am at Winco in the checkout line. I don't have anything, right? I don't have anything to check out with, so I'm hoping my friend gets back on time. Um, and here I am, I have my glow tracks, and uh, all of a sudden the person, uh, there's a big person in front of me. In fact, I feel impressed by the Holy Spirit that I needed to talk to this person. And it turns out this, this was a, not just your ordinary Joe, but this was a big, tough, gruff-looking man. Like, he, he didn't look like he would be interested in spiritual things, so I was like, oh man, Lord, are you sure? Uh, but the, he, laid, he, he, he laid the burden on my heart. And, uh, and so I, I stepped out in faith, and I, I said, excuse me, sir, do you like to read? And the man looked at me, and he said, no. <laughs> he said, no, I don't like to read, but when I do read, I like to read the Bible. 
Amen? Amen. I almost fell over. <laughs> I was not expecting that. But you know what? I said, praise the Lord, brother. Well, if you like to read the Bible, you're going to love this. And I gave him a glow track. Amen? I gave him some literature so that he could learn more about the Bible. If I wouldn't have asked that man a question like that, I would have never known. You know, the Bible says that man looks on, our, on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Amen? God was trying to teach me a lesson there. So that's intentional sharing. You can also take glow tracks to the gas stations. You can put it on the gas pumps so the person that comes after you can pump their gas and read some truth-filled literature. Amen? You can also leave uh, literature there in the restaurants with your tip. That's a great, great place to do it. You know, obviously that waiter or waitress is going to want to get their tip. Amen? And uh, so leave them with some great literature to read. Um, also, bill payments. You know, sometimes you get those credit cards... Uh, all that stuff in the mail and it has the prepaid postage on it, right? You can actually stick the glow tracks in there and mail it off. Amen? So, so someone in Timbuktu can, can get it and learn more about Jesus. Amen? So that's a great place to do it. Actually, in the Washington Conference, we are, uh, we are sending out glow tracks with all of, our, all of the bills that we send out uh, from the conference office, which is pretty exciting. So uh, you can also um, put glow tracks like on a desk holder there at your office and give it to everybody you work with. Uh, another great way to, to glow is through large gatherings, like Promise Keepers or concerts. Um, in fact, um, when I was in Central California, there was a, there was a church, the Clovis Seventh Adventist Church. They were pretty active with, with glow, and they actually, um, they, there was a concert going on there in the area, a Christian rock concert, and the glow leader got, got on the phone, and he called everybody up. He said, hey, guys, there's this concert going on. Do you want to come over, and we can hand out tracks to everybody? And so he got about 10 to 15 people there, and they were just waiting for the concert doors to open up. There was actually some cop cars there, too. And the, the group ended up praying. They're like, Lord, please, you know, I don't, I don't know what would, would, would happen there with the cops, but please, you know, have them go someplace else. And sure enough, by the time they said amen, the cops were starting to leave. And the doors of the concert opened up, and thousands of Christians started coming out. Amen? And they handed out over 6,000 tracks in a half an hour. Amen? It's pretty exciting. We can reach a lot of people very quickly in a short amount of time. And these were people that were coming to a concert, hopefully because they wanted to get to know Jesus better. Amen? Amen. So uh, large gatherings is a great place. You can also put literature on cars, on windshields or on the doors. I recommend the doors. It's a little bit more convenient for the people. Uh, here in the Northwest, though, I've discovered that it rains a lot, especially where I'm at in Seattle. It rains a ton all the time. And so, uh, you know, if it's going to rain that day, put it in a plastic baggie and then put it on their car. Amen? <laughs> so we can get creative about it. You can also, kids can glow at school. It's a great place to share with their friends. You can also put in a newspaper ad in for, for books, tracks, or DVDs in like the Penny Saver or, or your local newspaper. Um, you can also put uh, literature in laundromats. That's a great place, you know? Uh, people, when they go to the laundromat, they're always waiting for a long time, right? Got to wait for the washer, got to wait for the dryer. And oftentimes, there's lots of, lots of uh, other churches that put their literature in there, so why not put ours in there? Amen? Um, also, hotel rooms, you can use glow tracks as Gideon Bible bookmarks. Amen? Anyone that's going to go to a hotel, pick up a Gideon Bible, is going to be interested in spiritual things, right? So why not uh, put a little track in there, and that way they can learn more about Jesus. Learn more about the Bible. Also, airplanes. You have a captive audience when you're traveling on an airplane. <laughs> you, you know, you're there for a couple hours. Why not talk with, talk with them? You know, give them a track. Uh, encourage them in some way, somehow. I was just flying back from Southern California up here to Seattle, and I had an interesting experience as I was uh, getting ready, going through security. 
Um, you know, you have to go through all the TSA security and unload your water and everything. Well, I forgot to do that. I, I went through and I gave the TSA lady a glow track and she said, thanks. So I was moving on and I was about ready to go through that machine that you can't carry anything in there with you. And I, I realized I had my water bottle still, still with me and it was completely full. <laughs> so I was like, oh man, well now I gotta leave security. So I went back over to where that lady was. I said, excuse me, I was like, I still have my water. What should I do with it? She said, oh, we'll just pour it out there in the trash can. So I said, sure, okay, <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> and uh, so I just ended up doing it. And, and then she said, by the way, what church do you go to? I said, oh, I go to the Seventh Avenue Church. Oh, really? I listen to Voice of Prophecy Radio almost oh every day. Goodness. Oh, my goodness. She's like, do you know who Doug Batchelor is? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. So uh, praise God, you know. If I went to Panadar that track, you know, who knows? You know, God, God was reaching out to her, and uh, he just wanted to help use me as well to, to leave that track so that she could learn even more about the truths found in God's word. So airplanes and airports are a great place, and you never know who you'll sit by on an airplane. You could sit by, you know, someone really influential in their state, like a, like a, you know, you never know. So, or Halloween giveaways. You can give out, you know, tracks to, uh, to trick-or-treaters that come by your door. Or you can take your Pathfinders out, or you yourself can go out door-to-door. -door. That's a great night. Everybody is going door-to-door -door on Halloween. Why not go out and give them something everlasting? Amen? Instead of giving them candy, give them something that will last forever. Help them to realize that they can have a relationship with Jesus. You can also put uh, literature in the little Signs of the Times boxes if you run out of the Signs magazines. Uh, or office waiting rooms. You can put glow uh, right there. Everyone's waiting. Why not give them something beneficial to read? Something that will elevate their nature. Uh, or you can glow at the mall. Just recently, before Christmas time, I went uh, to a church in downtown Bellevue. And we went out... Uh, and did an outreach, a glow outreach in the afternoon. We went to the Bellevue Mall. And uh, this was pretty exciting because it was right before Christmas time. So this mall was absolutely packed. There were, I don't know how many thousands of people were inside this mall, but it was just like bumper to bumper almost. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everybody was, you know, all over the place. And uh, I noticed a, a trend as I walked throughout the mall. There were a bunch of guys sitting down. <laughs> I thought it was kind of interesting. So I'd go over to them and I'd be like, Man, these guys look like their wives are probably in this store right here, and they're just waiting. This is a perfect opportunity. So I would go up to the guys and be like, hey, here, check this out. This is something you can read while you wait. And uh, they were really receptive, and, and you know, that's a, that's a great way. So you can glow even when you go shopping. Amen? Uh, there's, there's a million testimonies that I could share with you how, how God has been blessing people as they share their faith through literature. There was someone in Arizona um, that was getting involved with the GLOW program, and she was a really shy individual. Do we have any shy individuals here today? Some of you are too shy to raise your hands, <laughs> but that's okay. You know, God can use shy people too. This, this shy in individual uh, hopped on the bus one day, and she just started carrying tracks with her. And, uh, and as she was there on the bus, there was a guy that came and sat down right next to her. And she felt the Holy Spirit telling her, hey, you need to give this guy um, some literature. And so uh, she kept putting it off, and she kept putting it off because she was scared. Um, but finally, the guy was about ready to get off the bus. And, uh, and so she mustered up all the courage that she could, and she handed the guy one of, one of our tracts on, Does God Care That I'm Hurting? The guy looked at this tract, and he was like, Wow, this is crazy. He said, I was praying that if God wanted me to continue my life, that he would show me a sign. Amen. And I believe that this is a sign that I've been praying for. Amen? 
you never know who you're going to meet. You never know if the person sitting next to you is going through a really hard time. You never know. And so just step out in faith and God will bless. There was a similar situation that happened here in Washington. There was another young girl that got on the bus and she gave a track to the person sitting next to her. When, uh, and he said thanks. When she was getting off the bus, she turned around just to look at him to wave goodbye. And she could see tears coming down his face because it was, you know, probably one of the nicest things that had happened to him uh, recently. So uh, we, can, we can help people out a lot. We have a lot of hope. Amen? Amen. We can share that hope with people around us. Uh, you can also glow when you go to Taco Bell. Amen? <laughs> I know Avenus love going to Taco Bell. So we can even glow when we go there. You know, when you go through the drive-thru, there was someone in Sacramento that took some tracks with them. They went through the drive-thru, placed their order, got their food. And uh, as they were getting their food in the receipt, they handed the person a glow track on the second coming of Jesus. The lady said thanks. She put it in her pocket. A little while later, she ends up reading the track and she calls in for Bible studies. Amen? Just a short little thing, you know, grabbing some food. Hey, here's something for you to read. And that lady calls in for Bible studies. God has people out there that, that he's already working on their hearts. They just, they're, they're ripe and they're, they're just ready to receive some good Christ-filled, Christ-centered literature. There was another experience that happened just recently. There was a church member over in the San Jose area that was uh, going to the doctor one day and uh, just to get a checkup, and uh, he gave his doctor a glow track. Now, a few days later, uh, the doctor ends up calling him, and he had had some tests done as he was there. So when the doctor called, he was kind of nervous, right? <laughs> he was like, oh, no, the doctor's calling. This isn't good, you know? I hope, he's not, I hope he doesn't have bad news. And uh, it turns out the doctor called, and he was just calling to say thanks. Thanks for giving me that tract. I read it, and I gave it to my wife, and she went onto your website, and she read all of the tracts. <laughs> and uh, and uh, next time you come in, I'd like to talk to you more about the Bible, and I'd like to know more about the Sabbath and who Ellen White is. Wow. Amen? <laughs> pretty exciting. Something that happened that was pretty cool, too, is that there was a young girl. She took some glow tracts. Uh, into uh, a national day of prayer gathering and there were people there from all different denominations and she asked permission if she could put some of her literature there on the table and uh, the registration table and they said sure no problem but she came a little bit late and so not everybody who you know had registered had gotten some but it turns out that uh, they made an announcement at the end of the meeting they said hey a lot of you haven't registered for the event if you could please go back to the registration table and register before you leave we would greatly appreciate it by the time everybody did that, all of her tracks were gone. Amen? And the Merced County Jail chaplain picked up one of the tracks, read it, and uh, he liked it so much he gave us a call and he said, hey, I would like to order some of this literature for all of my men in prison. Oh Amen? And so we sent them, we talked to a church in the nearby area, they sponsored them, we sent them over 900 steps to Christ. Amen? Amen. And uh, the story doesn't end there. About six months later, they gave us a call again and said, hey, we want some of this literature for all of our Spanish inmates too. Wow. So we sent them another 900 pieces of literature. So because one girl put some tracks on a table, we were able to reach thousands of people. Amen? Are you seeing the multiplication here? Yeah. We can reach a lot of people very quickly with literature. Uh, close to where I live, there was a young girl who decided to go shopping one day. Her, her name was Han. She goes to the university. Uh, there in the local area, and uh, it was pretty interesting. She went shopping. Uh, this was right before Christmas time, and she, she's there at the mall, the South Center Mall. And uh, as she's going shopping, she starts to look through some shopping catalogs. As she's looking through the catalog, she finds three glow tracks 
inside the shopping catalog. <laughs> Amen? And she ends up going online and she signs up for Bible studies. Amen? Three glow tracks. That's a pretty creative way to uh, share your faith with people. <laughs> Amen? Put tracks inside shopping catalogs. I never thought of that one. That's good. So uh, another experience that happened recently is uh, my friend Amy uh, down in Southern California. She, was, uh, she, she had some car trouble. And so one of her non-avenous friends loaned, the, loaned her their car. And, uh, and so she was driving it for a few days. And, uh, and finally, her car was fixed. So she was returning it. She, she went and washed it, cleaned it all up. And she put a glow tract uh, on the topic, Does God Care That I'm Hurting? She put it inside one of the compartments in his car where he kept his gum. <laughs> a few days later, this man calls her. And uh, he, he uh, sounds like he's crying. And he's all choked up. And he said, thanks, Amy. I believe that God compelled you to put that tract in my car because I'm going through a really hard time. And I was just wondering the question, does God still care about my situation? And then that's when I found your tract that you left me. And I just wanted to say thanks. And he said that he read it to all of his kids and, uh, and, and his wife, and they were very blessed by it. And, uh, and so it's just inspiring to see, you know, how how we can just share our faith in so many creative ways. There's a lot of people around us that are hurting that need to know Jesus. They need to have some hope. Amen? They need to have their hope awakened. And uh, it's pretty exciting. So there was a lady one day there at the, at the Rose Bowl parade. Um, her name was Gloria. She was a nice Christian lady. And uh, she was there watching the parade. And all these people started walking around handing out tracts. They, they started uh, passing out some literature. And she got the, the track on uh, Daniel chapter 2. She reads, she reads it. Uh, actually, she put it in her Bible. or She put it in her pocket when she got home. She put it in her Bible. And then about two weeks later, she gave us a call. And she said, hey, I got one of these uh, pieces of literature there at the Rose Bowl Parade. And I really liked it. How could I get some of this literature so that I can hand it out to all my friends? <laughs> and so we told her about it. And she ordered 800 tracks from us. Amen? 800 tracks of all different topics, including the Sabbath, the state of the dead, all this kind of stuff, so that she could hand them out to her friends. I often tell people that if we won't do the work, if we won't share our faith with people, God will, God will have the rocks cry out. Yes. Amen? Yes. But God wants to use us. Amen? Amen. Another story uh, I want to share with you is a story uh, that happened over in Templeton. I used to Bible work over in there in Templeton for a little bit of time. They were with Pastor Myers, and um, he has a new Bible worker now. They were, going to doing, they were doing some visitation there in the area, and they knocked on the door of a lady who was pretty frantic. She was like, please come inside. My son is in the back, and he's crying. I, I think he might be like, gonna, you know, I think he might commit suicide or something. Can you please come in? So they come in. They start talking to this man, and uh, he's, you know, in his mid-20s and uh, going through a hard time, and they start, you know, comforting him, you know, claiming Bible promises, you know, sharing with him the truth. And, uh, and just listening to him, you know, being a friend. And before they left, they handed them the tract, Does God Care That I'm Hurting? He looked at the tract, and he was like, no way. This is the third time this week that I've gotten the same exact tract. <laughs> and this is the week that he had been contemplating suicide. You think that was an accident? No way. God wanted to reach that young man. And the exciting thing about this story is that this young man started coming to church every Sabbath. Amen? He started to come to prayer meeting every Wednesday night. And in fact, he, uh, he decided that he wanted to become an evangelist himself. So what he did is he went to Arise. Amen? He went to Arise and got some training, and now he's out there spreading the gospel. Amen? So it's pretty exciting to see 
uh, how God has worked in that story right there. There's another story that I want to share with you, and um, this one happened in San Francisco. It's pretty inspiring, and when I first heard this story, I, I didn't, I wasn't sure if it was true. I was like, man, this sounds so unbelievable, and, uh, but I called, I called up my friends in Central Cal. They said, yes, this is a true story, and I actually want to read it to you, okay? So this happened in San Francisco. It says, a Filipino church member from San Francisco was on her way into work and stopped by a gas station. Seeing lots of people inside, she pulled out some of her clothes tracks to hand out to the men inside. She didn't realize it, but the three men in the store were actually robbing the gas station. True story. As she walked in, she asked, excuse me, sir, are you in line? I'm going to be late for work. <laughs> are you dumb, lady? This is a robbery, the man said, whose gun was in the back of the owner of the store. I know, but I'm going to be late for work, and I need to pay for my gas. The men began a slew of cursing. That wasn't very nice. Here, she pulled out her first glow tract. You need this. This will help you to become a nicer man. Are you serious, lady? Another man started yelling. You need one too, sir. She pulled out the next tract. This poor man is just trying to make a living. You need to leave this nice man alone. And with that, she handed the last burglar a track. The men were dumbfounded and began to get nervous. <laughs> this lady talks too much. She's going to turn us in. Let's go. And they ran out the front door, leaving only the church member and the owner of the store. When they were gone, the owner said, you saved my life. I could feel a gun in my back. You saved my life. What is that that you have? What did you give them? I want to know more about this. Amen. Amen. And uh, she ended up handing that man a tract, and he ended up requesting tracts to be placed there in his own gas station so that he could, as a testimony of, of what God had done in his life. Amen? So uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs that the righteous are as bold as a lion. And I believe that God inspired this young girl to be as bold as a lion. Now, I'm not saying that God is wanting you to walk into an armed robbery situation. <laughs> But I believe that God wants us to be intentional about sharing our faith. Amen? Amen. Sharing the hope of Jesus Christ. And, uh, and so I hope that's an inspiration to you. So some of you may be wondering, well, what do I say when I hand out literature to people? And uh, I, I pass out a, a handout there to you guys that you can, with some of these tips on there, that you can look at later. Uh, but here, here's some of them. And uh, these are just a few basic phrases. You can expand them, use them. Or come up with new ones. Uh, but here's a good one. I like to say this. Thanks. Here's something for you. Hand them a track. I would usually say this when I'm going to the grocery store and they hand me my receipts. I say, hey, thanks. Here's something for you. Hope you have a good day. And they're most of the time receive it. Or uh, here, here's something for you to read when you're bored. <coughs> That's a good one. I think they already passed out all the handouts. Yeah. Um, if you didn't get a handout, you can come to the, the booth afterwards and you can get one. Uh, you can say, here's something for you to read when you're bored. There's a lot of people out there that, uh, you know, young people especially, they're like, I'm bored. Well, hey, here's something, you know, for you. Check this out. Uh, or here, this will help you with stress. And truly, our literature will help them with stress. Amen? Because it will help them to realize that Jesus cares about them and that they can cast all their cares upon the Lord. Amen? Or you can say, here's a free gift for you. You know, everybody likes getting free gifts, so that's a great thing to do. Or... Hey, this is my all-time favorite. Hey, do you like to read? 
And I love this question because it gives them an opportunity to respond, to get some feedback here. You know, if I, if I wouldn't have asked this question to that, that guy in Winco, I would have never known that this big, gruff, tough-looking guy loved to read the Bible. <laughs> Amen? So, and the cool thing about this question is, whether they say yes or whether they say no, you can give them a tract. Amen? <laughs> if they say, yes, I like to read. Oh, that's great. Well, hey, if you like to read, you're going to like this. And hand them a tract. Or if they say, no, I don't really like to read that much. Hey, man, no problem. I totally understand. I'm pretty busy too. But hey, check this out. This is something really short. Something really short, okay? So what if people don't accept your literature? Wouldn't that be devastating? No, don't be devastated, okay? Don't worry about it. You did your part. You did what God asked you to do, okay? And that's, that, that's what counts. They'll, most likely, they'll probably just say, no, thank you. So, uh, you know, that's not too bad, is it? No, thank you. If I were to invite Esther over to my house and I offered her some grape juice and she said, oh, man, no, thank you. Esther doesn't want any grape juice. Man, Esther must not even like me. Why did I invite her over anyway? She, I'm not going to, she probably doesn't even want water. I'm not going to even ask her if she wants water. You know, would we, would we overreact like that? No, right? If, if Esther doesn't want grape juice, no problem. You know, maybe she wants something else. And, and so we can't, force, we can't force anybody to take one of our tracks, can we? God doesn't force anything upon us. We can compel them. We can urge them. We can say, hey, brother, this helped me, and I, think it will, I, and I know this will help you. And, uh, you know, we can encourage them to take it, but, uh, you know, we, we can't force them. So they're not rejecting you. Remember this. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting the message, okay? Uh, and I'm running out of time, so I'm going to go a little bit quick here. Um, for, in order to start anything new, it takes a little bit of time to get in the habit of doing it. So uh, the first thing you can do to get in the habit of distributing literature is to set a goal. Well, to s- actually store literature in your house or in your car, okay? And put it in a visible spot. If you put it in your trunk, you're probably not going to see. You're, you're probably going to forget. That's what would happen to me anyways. So put it in your car or put it in your house and take some tracks with you. Number two, set a goal. By distributing three or four tracks a day, that's 100 a month. It's pretty awesome. If uh, every Avenus here, or even in the NAD, were to pass out three or four tracks a day, that would be a lot of tracks. I don't know, like one million? No, one billion? I don't know. Something crazy. Do the math. But it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. Number three, practice self-discipline. Go back to the car if you forget your glow, okay? Okay. Go back to your car if you forget your glow. This has happened to me quite often, actually. There was one time I was walking into the bank, and I was like, I, I was about ready to get in line and everything, and I was like, oh, Oh no, I don't have any literature. And so I was like, oh, I need to leave. I can't believe this. I'm, I'm the glow director for my conference. What am I doing without literature, right? And so I ran back to my car and I grabbed some and I came back in. And uh, it's interesting, I had the same bank teller that I've had for like the last six months there in Seattle. The same guy, he helps me every single time almost. And I give him a tract every time. <laughs> and, uh, and this time I gave him, I gave him one and he's like, Man, he's like, how many of those do you have? <laughs> it's like, I got enough, man. I got enough, you know? And, uh, and so go back to your car if you forget your glow. Number four, find an accountability partner to remind each other to glow, to encourage one another. You know, uh, Pastor Torres mentioned last night, you know, the, one of the reasons why Jesus sent the disciples out two by two is for encouragement, for accountability, and I believe that God wants us to do the same now. Amen? Amen. Number five, this is probably the most important thing, is that you pray. Pray during your devotional time for divine appointments, and I believe that by doing that, God will open your eyes to see the divine appointments all around you so that you can reach the people closest to you. 
So the results of glowing for Christ, giving light to our world, is that our publications are now sowing the gospel seed. This is from Review and Herald, June 10, 1880, paragraph 9. It says, Our publications are now sowing the gospel seed and are as instrumental in bringing as many souls to Christ as the preached word. Do you guys catch that? Our literature is bringing as many souls to Christ as the preached word. Amen. That is incredible. Whole churches have been raised up as a result of their circulation. And in this work, every disciple of Christ can act a part. Amen? Every single one of us, no matter how sanguine or how shy we are, can put a tract on a table or can hand, you know, hand one to one of our friends or family members. And even if just one person is blessed by you doing this, it's worth it, isn't it? Christ would have died for one, for just one. We're sowing seeds. It's kind of like planting a garden. When you go out there and you plant a garden, uh, do the plants come and spring up immediately? No, right? It takes a little bit of time. So don't get discouraged if you hand out a lot of tracts and you're not seeing instant results, you know? If people aren't calling in for Bible studies right away, hey, you know, keep praying that, God, that some will, you know? Just keep sowing seed. That's what God wants us to do. And uh, in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, Paul says, He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. You know, I've heard a few people tell me before in the past that evangelism doesn't work. And you know what I say to that? Evangelism doesn't work when you don't do it. Amen? Amen. Evangelism doesn't work when you don't do it. But when you do it, it works. Amen? Amen. And so uh, if you want to have a big harvest, you need to to sow a lot of seeds. Amen? Amen. So we've got to do all the pre-work and the follow-up. Amen? Not just the evangelistic series. So uh, uh, the next slide I just want to share with you real quick is a video clip uh, people that have, uh, real people that have called in uh, for Bible studies. And I hope, hope we can turn on this microphone. And uh, I hope you guys are blessed by this. Because oftentimes you guys don't hear the people on the other side calling in for Bible studies. And, uh, and I, I just want you to be able to hear this. So we'll see if we can get the sound going. Not sure what happened there, but I'd like to take the Bible study course, the free home Bible study plan. If there's any way that you could send it to me, I'd appreciate it. Thank you very much. Then he ends by saying, your brother in Christ. Amen? There's a lot of people out there that are super interested in spiritual things. Amen? And uh, this whole thing ends with a quote, which is not showing for some reason, but it says that more than 1,000 will soon be converted in one day, most of whom will trace their first convictions back to the reading of our publications. Amen? Back to the reading of our literature. That, to me, sounds like the latter rain. Amen? Thousands converted in a day. It's going to happen, my friends. It's going to happen sooner than we think. 
and God wants, God wants that to happen. Amen? Amen? So in closing, in the story of Luke chapter 8, what happened when the healed demoniac published the good news? Do you guys remember? The whole city gladly received the news. Amen? And they were all ready and waiting for Jesus to return. What do you think would happen here if each person here were to leave OYC and go out and share the good news of what God has done in your life? I believe that Portland and the surrounding areas, wherever you come from, I believe that you can help prepare a great multitude to be ready and waiting for Jesus to return. Amen? Amen. Is that your desire? Yes. If it is, how many of you are willing to make a commitment today to tell the world what Jesus has done for you? Amen? Amen. God will help you, you know? It doesn't matter how shy you are or how sanguine you are. God is going to help you do this. He wants the work to be finished. Amen? He's going to finish it, but he wants to use us too. Amen? And so um, I just want to encourage you, do something for God. Continue to glow, shine. Uh, you know, people, when they saw the disciples, they knew that, that they had been with Jesus. Amen? Because they had spent so much time with him, they were glowing. And I pray that that's your experience, that as you spend time with Christ in the mornings, that you can't help but share it in the afternoon. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we just thank you so much, Lord, for what you've done in our lives. And uh, Lord, truly, you have done so much for us, Lord. Lord, you have rescued us uh, from, from all the problems, Lord, of this world. Lord, you, you have delivered us. Lord, you have changed our lives, Lord. Father, we wouldn't be here today if you hadn't done something in our lives. So Lord, we, want, we just want to pause for a moment and say thanks. Thank you, Lord, so much. And Father, this news is truly way too good to keep to ourselves. So Father, please inspire us, Lord, motivate us. Help us to go out there, Lord, with holy boldness to share our faith with those around us. Father, I pray that you'd bless each one here today and their families. Lord, help them as they share their faith with others, Lord. I know that it can be somewhat intimidating at times, but Father, Lord, help them to just go out there with courage, Lord, knowing that you and your angels, your holy angels there are by the thousands, Lord. They're there by our side. Uh, helping us, Lord, as we minister to others. So, Lord, bless each one. Give us courage, Lord. Strengthen us. And, Father, we pray that a great multitude could be found ready and waiting as a result of the literature that we hand out uh, this year, Father. So we thank you, and I pray a special blessing upon each one here today. That's my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.